three, four, get my shoes and out the door. Five, I'm alive. Six, seven, eight, feeling great. Nine, gonna shine, life is good. I'm doing fine, ten, gonna do it right and do it again, yeah. I look into the sky with all the beautiful color, but there's more than just for me, so gonna share it with another. I got two show to give. Let Hi, it's Mina here at the Lingerie Lowdown Podcast. Welcome. I'm really excited to be continuing my conversation with Sophia Luzon this week. Uh, she's a wonderful designer who I have followed for a while. Uh, please listen to the first half if you haven't already, and then enjoy the second half as we continue our conversation around COVID-19 and how that has impacted her business. And then you kind of talked about getting samples and going to shows. How do you find fabric for your collection? What's the process like for you? Uh, at the beginning, it was uh, a lot of Googling. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> it was uh, like, it was a hard time for me because uh, I I didn't know anything about the industry. I, I had my background in art, in art history and I had like a very academic background and then suddenly I decided to to change <laughs> that yeah. and study pattern making. So I, I I didn't go to a design university where they like they have the suppliers, like they usually have some kind of arrangement with some suppliers and they take the studies there. I know that they do that because after uh, some time, I ended up uh, teaching at the design university. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, I, I thought uh, wh- while I was the teacher, I was thinking, oh, so that's why all these people know things that I don't know <laughs> <laughs> about, about, like all the things that uh, they, it took me forever to find online, like they go there. <laughs> Yeah. And um, so I, I started Googling a lot and uh, asking around like some, some of my, like um, when I did my internship after my pattern making course, mm-hmm. I did an internship with a designer and he was amazing and he uh, helped me a lot uh, with this kind of things about suppliers and he recommended me oh, that maybe you could go to this fabric show. And in Barcelona, there aren't a lot of fabric shows. Uh, I think it's uh, one or two, and they are pretty big. So but <laughs> I, I I went there and I Googled uh, the, the, the fabric, like uh, representative like agents and all of that. And I went there, I sent a lot of emails, and I ended up like uh, finding a very good uh, agent that sold uh, French lace, uh-huh. only French lace. And I, when I, I went to his uh, showroom, and I started like to see, oh, I like this one and this one. And at the end, I, I realized that uh, I liked almost all of the laces that I really, 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 really liked were uh, by a um, French brand called Solstice. Okay. Which is like uh, super expensive. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> I have very good taste, thank you. <laughs> so I, I ended up like directly contacting them. Like uh, oh. I, I I thought like it's easier to contact source this directly and say, oh, like uh, I've seen uh, that you have this kind of laces. Could you send me samples? And they also have uh, dead dead stock uh, lace and dead stock um, fabric. So I sometimes I use dead dead stock laces. 
And actually, the lace in the Mahella collection, it's, um, it's the, the stock. And it was recently used in uh, Alexander McQueen gown. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. And just so that um, our listeners know, because some of our listeners might not know, can you explain what dead stock is? So it's um, this kind of, um, well, it's not something particular to lace. It's any kind of fabric um, uh, company or fabric um, uh, manufacturer. Uh, they usually, they, they can work in two ways. Either they produce a lot and then they will sell it to different uh, designers or what they do, like the ones that I usually buy from, because they are smaller and they are like more couture oriented, they they have like a standard line and then they have like custom lines for different designers. And then a designer asks for, okay, I want the, this, this design um, make like 200 meters for me. And they might have some of them left over. And they like they are sitting there, <laughs> and if yeah. nobody buys them, they are going to to the landfill usually. Mm-hmm. So I try to like using that stock fabric is like saving this fabric yeah. <laughs> and giving it like a new chance to be something beautiful. Yeah. So, yes. <laughs> I love that. I love dead stock collections. I think I think lingerie is one of the perfect areas to use like dead stock lace or dead dead stock fabric um especially like smaller lingerie brands because you can still get a whole collection out of it but a a large a really large brand like Agent Provocateur or whatever it's not enough for them to do anything meaningful with but with a small brand you know generally lingerie is smaller in nature than clothes. So you can get away with using this dead stock fabric in really beautiful, special ways. Um, And it's exactly right. It was fabric that was otherwise destined uh, for the landfill. So that's awesome. I love that. Um, And then uh, what do you, I I know we've talked about it a little bit before, before already, but what do you hope to achieve for your lingerie brand? What are you, what is kind of your, your goal or your aim for your brand? Oh, that's very difficult. <laughs> yeah, it is a difficult question. Sorry. <laughs> uh, it depends if I if um, I'm being realistic <laughs> or if I'm being like, oh, I'm going, everything's going to be wonderful. But yeah. uh, <laughs> I think that a uh, realistic goal would be like to to raise the awareness of my brand, like to be known more. Uh, outside like my immediate circle and my like uh, Instagram followers yeah. and also like uh, on Instagram like I used to to get a lot of visits from Instagram but now Instagram is kind of um, I don't know like limiting the reach of certain type of posts so Instagram is not uh, working for me so I would love to have another way to make uh, what I'm doing known yeah and yeah. yes that's very important <laughs> because sometimes yeah. I feel like I'm doing things and they are like going to the void or something <laughs> yeah 
I hear you about Instagram. I feel like uh, lately for lingerie brands, it's been incredibly challenging to gain more of a following or make sure their posts are being seen because um, Instagram is for some reason really censoring uh, mm -hmm. the lingerie community, even in areas uh, that don't need to be censored in which yes. uh, the community is following guidelines. And um, uh, I think Instagram is uh, for some reason really against any type of like sexuality, but even when lingerie posts are not being sexual, but rather just uh, talking about the beauty of lingerie, uh, they still censor it, which is very frustrating. Um, so I hear you on that challenge. And um, I haven't, I have, you know, I'm on Instagram, not as somebody who's trying to make money, but rather as a hobbyist. Um, but I haven't heard of, of where people are going to, you know, or what side of outside of Instagram people have had success with in terms of getting their brands known, because I don't know that there's been a good alternative yet. Yeah. I don't know either. So yeah, maybe fingers crossed we can, we'll figure something else out or Instagram will stop punishing lingerie design. Yes. The perfect thing. <laughs> <laughs> Which would be perfect. Um, and then uh, the the kind of the last one of the last questions I have for you is what messages do you want your uh, or what message do you want your followers to know about kind of what you stand for and what your brand is about? Mm, I think that uh, maybe like for me, it's very important that uh, my brand is um, associated with uh, the concept of slow passion mm -hmm. and like. Uh, quality uh, garments that uh, are are made to to be loved mm -hmm. <laughs> and not to be like oh uh, this is not trendy anymore whatever like mm -hmm. i i take my time doing my lingerie so i like them to be like cherished and um, valued like yes. now nowadays a lot of people see garments as this disposable thing. Yeah. <laughs> and I really want to do the opposite. <laughs> to, yeah. to make things that are like, um, that you maybe you see them and then, oh, I really like to buy this one, but not as an impulse buy, as something yeah. that you really want to, because you, you know that you're going to love it and you're going to use it and you're going to like, to have it for a long time and also to be uh, an ethical brand i i usually well i usually know i always <laughs> uh, take into account like all the quality certificates of my suppliers and mm -hmm. uh, all of that uh, like um, the cotton i use is uh, certified organic and a lot of, all of my suppliers have the ecotex uh, at least the 100 that that means that uh, they are made without any um harmful chemicals mm -hmm. and some of my suppliers also have uh, other kind of certification that uh, mean that they produce um, that the products they made are uh, made without uh, till child labor or in the mm. countries that are uh, with um, that have like um, uh, like a strong labor legislation. Yeah. So, uh, so that's why. Uh, for me, it's very important the ethical side of fashion. And if some 
uh, in the distant future, if I ever get to employ some someone else, <laughs> I have to pay them a living wage and yeah. you know <laughs> to do things properly. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, well, I love that. Those are um, kind of aspirations and goals that align with my own. Uh, how I feel both about lingerie and the world, um, having slow fashion and taking and buying things that you're going to care for and love. And then having those things be ethically and responsibly produced is, um, how I would love to live my life and how I would love to be a consumer. And I think that's why I have enjoyed and just really followed your brand so closely, um, is because you do, uh, take so much care in how you produce things and why you're producing things. And, um, and that shows, and I have to admit that, um, you know, I don't generally keep hang tags for my lingerie pieces. Um, but I have every one of your tags that you have sent (laughs) with your lingerie because you number them. And it sounds, you know, as, as small as that is, um, it makes me feel as though I have a piece of art and I have them all tucked into a drawer um, where I will keep them. And so I think that how you have positioned and presented your brand is really um, holding true to those desires that you have for making people treasure your work and then also for showing that you really care like about the environment and about um ethical production and uh I think you've done a great job with that so congratulations thank you (laughs) so I know with uh COVID-19 and everything that's been going on with the coronavirus that a lot of small businesses have been um really hurt and impacted by uh how people are Uh, how their customers are spending uh, money as everybody is kind of worried and uh, perhaps saving and and not doing as much um, kind of expendable shopping or what they might consider expendable shopping. So how have you been holding up during this time and how has uh, this virus kind of um, changed or, or impacted your business? So it's been uh, it's been a bit of a mess because uh, like I think I can't really complain very much because uh, I thought it was going to be worse, but okay. I'm still getting some sales. I think because I I sell uh, a lot of lingerie uh, like uh, nightwear, so mm. people are at home, so they. It makes sense that they buy uh, nightwear instead of going out clothes. <laughs> so yeah. I still uh, get some sales. But uh, it's been a bit chaotic uh, because of my suppliers. Because I mm. just when the um, uh, pandemic started, I ran out of elastic. So I had to contact my supplier. My, supplier, my elastic supplier uh, is in Spain. Uh-huh. Uh, because like when when I started my brand, it was in Barcelona, so they were like local mm-hmm. to me, and I yeah. still keep them because they are like very very nice people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I have to call them and say, oh okay, like can you send send me like uh, whatever meters? And they say maybe <laughs> because uh, they they didn't know if they like they had the they still uh, they weren't in lockdown. Uh, uh-huh. It was a bit before the lockdown, so they had the, the elastic, but they weren't sure if it was going to arrive. Yeah. <laughs> and it finally arrived. 
Okay. And, um, and I could breathe, but uh, I could only breathe for around three days because <laughs> I I uh, discovered that I was running out of the lace that I use for the Ondina collection, the blue lace. Okay. So I have to contact the, the factory that is in France and they were already in lockdown. So they, I had to put uh, all the Ondina collection out of stock because I had I had enough lace to do like to make the the orders that I already got, but I didn't want to risk someone ordering and then yes. I, I didn't have enough. So I put all of that collection out of stock and. Uh, uh, well, and that collection is the one that's been selling the best. So oh. now that it's gone, <laughs> it's a bit sad. And yeah. I'm waiting for that lace to come. They, they told me that it's going to come around mid-May. So hopefully okay. <laughs> I could uh, restock it uh, soon, yeah. soonish. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, and also, like, I was worried too because uh, I, I felt a bit bad to to be like uh, speaking to my suppliers and oh like uh, my lace where is my lace but yeah. with everything else going on it feels like a bit uh, shallow and a bit meaningless <laughs> but also I have to eat so I have yes. to sell <laughs> yeah yeah and <laughs> they also have to eat and they also have to sell and they're selling to you <laughs> as their customer so I know while it feels bad it's also you know, that that will get money to them as well. So uh, that's got to be like a hard position. And I know, I remember on Instagram, um, we were chatting and and you had kind of like asked the question where you had had a a collection that was just ready to be to start being uh, promoted. And then the pan then the pandemic started and you were very concerned that it would be insensitive or um, that it wouldn't be the right time to kind of share about your collection. And I think people kind of encouraged you to do it anyway, and you ended up um, posting it. And I, for one, bought something out of that collection because it's beautiful. But um, do you want to talk a little bit about how, like, what, how did that happen and how, how has that been going? Yes, yeah, so I have the, the the new organic cotton collection, the Ceres collection. I I did the the photo shoot on November, I think. So I had everything planned for it to mm-hmm. to go live uh, last month, I think. Yes, like yeah, in April. So when I was I I, I didn't know if it was the right time because it it felt a bit. Yes, like shallow, like mm, pointless, <laughs> like a bit, uh, even a bit uh, selfish. That oh, I'm doing uh, this collection and buy from me while everyone else is having a lot of more uh, important problems right now. But I, I, I did a post on Instagram, I think, where I spoke about this, and I also spoke about this in one of my newsletters. And a lot of people uh, got in touch and said, no, but I, I really find that uh, like having like a new collection and things like that, uh, it will cheer me up on yeah. lingerie and like do these wonderful things of uh, changing your own perception of yourself. And maybe we all need to feel a little bit uh, more pretty or beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> and I finally, I thought, okay, like, uh, why not? <laughs> Yeah, and I also I I wanted to to get it out because uh, I I did the photo shoot with um, 
with the photographer I usually um, work with, and mm-hmm. and she's a she's a friend of mine. She's uh, super good, and she was super excited to be able to share those pictures. <laughs> yeah, too, because they were like super beautiful pictures, and I felt bad, like oh my god, that they they have been ready since November, and this. Poor girl <laughs> wants to share them on their on her Instagram and on her website and, and like she also uses these pictures to promote her business. Yeah. So I was like, okay, like let's do this. Yeah. And if it doesn't sell, then it doesn't sell. Okay. <laughs> but I I think it was actually a really timely uh, collection because it is more based on comfort and loungewear than your previous. Even though all of your items are very comfortable, this uh, has the cotton um, and uh, just has even more of a comfort feel. And I think that probably a lot of us are really wanting more comfortable lingerie to lounge in, but that's still really beautiful, which is a hard, um, that's a hard marriage to achieve (laughs) beauty and like supreme comfort and um from the looks of this collection you've done just that and i'm really excited to get my pieces <laughs> Thank you. um i'm very excited to lounge around in them uh and i'm sure that there's others in this pandemic and, and lockdown who uh, will also be really excited to actually have beautiful comfortable pieces that they can wear around every day but still feel special and cared for so um i think that and in the end while i'm sure it was a very difficult decision i'm i for one am very glad that you went for it and decided to release the collection anyway i'm glad to hear that <laughs> it makes me feel better now <laughs> good good <laughs> And uh, I just wanted to thank you again for coming on uh, the Lingerie Lowdown podcast today. Um, it's been such a pleasure chatting with you. Uh, I have been looking forward to this for a long time and um, it did not disappoint. It was so lovely hearing a little bit about your process um, and, and how uh, you have come to love lingerie and your inspiration. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so be- lovely. Yeah. And before we uh, finish really quick, can you tell people where to find you, uh, your brand and products? So uh, give a shout out to anywhere where you are online that you would like people to find you at. So I'm at uh, Instagram at Sophia. Well, uh, how do you pronounce my surname? Because I pronounce it Sophia Luzon, but I know that oh, I, English yeah, speakers I, don't pronounce it like that. So maybe they, <laughs> they don't know what to, <laughs> what to look for on Instagram. <laughs> so uh, Sophia Luzon, uh, L-U-Z is Luzon. Uh, but uh, I like how you say it, and you should probably say it properly for us so that we can hear how you pronounce your own brand so go ahead and tell us where I like the English pronunciation it's very fancy it's very fancy (laughs) it sounds to me like the name of some I don't know like maybe French designer with all the (laughs) (laughs) but in the Spanish it's uh, Luzon Luzon okay so uh Instagram at Sophia Luzon Lingerie right yes Okay, and, and then you're online uh, www.sophia uh, slash slash um, the, dash dash that <laughs> dash luzon uh, dot com. Brilliant. Well, thanks again. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and until next time, everyone, tune in again. Bye. Bye. Bye.